listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have founder and CEO of Rehab to Perform Academy. We have Josh Funk. Josh, welcome in. Hey, appreciate the opportunity to be here and looking forward to our conversation. All right, Josh. Um, so I actually found you over social media. And uh, so I know you're with Rehab to Perform. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about who you are and uh, what got you involved in physical therapy as a field. Yes. So my first interaction with PT was as a college athlete. Uh, I played lacrosse at Ohio State uh, and had somebody say the word surgery to me. So uh, that was obviously a, a, a significant hit to my psyche. Uh, fortunately, I was in a Division One athletics environment. And I think it was through there that I realized, first and foremost, what an amazing profession physical therapy is. Uh, and, you know, the second part was when I came home, I realized what a significant gap between what I was accustomed to uh, at Ohio State and what was present in a Division One athletics environment and what was being provided to the masses. So um, that kind of led me on the path of eventually wanting to kind of do my own thing, uh, grabbing inspiration from places like Athletes Performance, uh, Fisher uh, Sports and Physical Therapy, and a variety of other kind of higher level uh, professional sports or, or, or uh, you know, uh, tact tactical athlete type of uh, environments from a sports med standpoint and, and wanting to start something that I thought was, uh, you know, easily uh, provide, it could be easily provided uh, to the masses in a similar fashion. Gotcha. So what are some of those things that like in particular that you're trying to transfer from a D1 college athletics program to somebody that, you know, may have lower back pain or knee pain, and it's just kind of a weekend warrior. What are some of those different things that you're trying to provide to those that population? I think first and foremost, you have to remove healthcare as a grudge purchase. So for me, um, being injured when I was in college, uh, you know, going to the training room was actually something that you kind of enjoyed, you know? Yeah, you want to be out at the practice field or you want to be on the practice court with your teammates and such. But hey, if I'm dinged up and I'm in the training room and, uh, it's uh, competitive, it's friendly, it's engaging. Uh, I'm regularly being challenged and I'm seeing myself working with an individual who can align with me and put me in a position to be successful that knows what it's like to progress me from lower level activities to higher level movements and things that look more uh, sport focused. Uh, it was very easy for me to continually come back because I connected with that environment, not just in the terms of the physical side of things, but in terms of how I was, uh, you know, kind of being drawn in on an emotional or mental level. So when I went home and experienced PT outside of that environment uh, and, and wasn't challenged, was doing things that were pretty cookie cutter on a, on a sheet, um, it was quiet. I was in an environment where not a lot of people looked like they were um, really as invested in getting to a higher level endpoint as myself, 
or maybe that was just a byproduct of the environment, but it was easy for me to kind of drop off and, and disconnect. And I, and I self-discharge. So um, the, the, the things that we have to do first is really remove these barriers to people feeling like they're in a the right spot, especially when it comes to more niche specific, um, you know, population subtypes. Um, such as sports and orthopedics, you know, sports and orthopedics is a niche, you know, you, you, you either go to an everything to every one practice where the environment and practitioners speak in a, a mile wide type of manner, or you go somewhere where people dive are diving a mile deep to you. Um, and it connects with you in a more of an ecosystem approach to making sure that you are getting what you need. Right. Um, and so has your, after you graduated from PT school and you started opening up your own business has you and then going back to your time as an athlete has your view of sports pt changed since you've opened up your, your own business compared to when you first kind of discovered sports pt yeah i mean i think I, i'm diving into a lot more than just the deliverable of the service um running a company running a business having a team of i think with about 30 pts at this point um you know you're doing other things to to support to support people who wanted to do the same thing that you did initially, but now I'm in a position where I'm serving them a lot more than serving patients or serving clients. So, um, you know, my, my role is focused, but the, the end result is the same. Uh, and if anything, I'm trying to create uh, an easier environment in which they can operate under. And ideally, we lead to as many repeatable and high level outcomes as possible collectively. Right. And so you said that right now your role is more focused on serving the PTs and then more so serving patients because that's kind of where you're at in your, uh, your career. So kind of what kind of inspires you to, you know, stay so present on social media and with your marketing? Uh, because it's, it, I think it's hard. Our PTs don't do a great job of marketing ourselves as well as like chiropractors or physicians where you see they're easily accessible on social media. So what do you do to kind of make yourself stand out on social media as a PT? I think if anything, social wise, I, you know, I, I also try to be a human where I'm sharing more than just PT. You know, I think um, uh, if I can speak back to some of the things that I think were, were sticking points for me early with, with healthcare is you, you kind of had this very, very top down, very secretive siloed. Um, it's almost like you were, uh, information was like scarce in itself. Um, and you had this uh, very, very hierarchical medical model, whereas I almost try to kind of humanize myself a little bit more, share family, share friends, share, share business stuff, share things from an, uh, an informational standpoint that are beneficial to people. Um, but if I get to kind of where I feel about social media now at this point, I think, um, you know, we have a really, really good thing going. And I think it would be almost uh, selfish as how I feel at times if I were to not share some of the amazing things that we have going on, share some of the amazing people. For those that have seen the Rehab to Perform account, especially over, I'd say, probably the last six or seven months, you know, we have our own content, uh, you know, creation team. We have a videographer and editor in-house. So we have people that are able to create short and long-form content uh, based around niches that they're in. Um, and ideally, that provides us with the opportunity to have multimodal learning environment, whether or not it's courses, PDFs, things on YouTube, things on the website. Uh, we're going to dive more and more into that uh, as quickly as as one can. But, um, you know, if you've got something special, I, I, I will say it's it's your responsibility to, to make sure you find ways to share it. Right. 
And so you said that you have a team of almost 30 PTs. Um, so when you're, you're hiring these people that to work for your team, you know, a team that you've been growing for a long time now, what are some characteristics that you're looking for that you're saying, I need a good sports PT and they need to have these type of characteristics um, for them to be on this team. What are some of those different types of traits that you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're always looking for culture fit. And then we're looking for people that at least have a clinical baseline of which we can kind of layer on some of the higher level skills. But um, it, it, it aligns a little bit with a conversation or, or presentation that was at um, WebPT Ascend, which is an industry specific business event over the weekend. But it was traits first skills second or higher for traits uh, and train skills. So for us, when we're going through the process, you know, we are looking for people who we feel like can function in an environment where they're able to get along with a wide variety of different people. So for us, from a uh, bringing somebody on standpoint, this is uh, a situation where you're reaching out and developing a relationship. The whole team is developing a relationship with a person. It's less uh, formal. It's less of the solely resume, cover letter, judging somebody by their experiences, all of the different courses that they've taken. And it's more of, hey, uh, if I have a conversation with this person and you have a conversation with this person and you and you and everybody that's going to work with this person at this location and they find the conversation to be relatively easygoing, they find themselves to align with them on a lot of baseline uh, fundamentals, dare I say, values, um, then we put ourselves in a position where that person becomes a lot easier uh, to kind of uh, give the green light on. But the other luxury that we do have um, outside of the fact that we group hire people is that a majority and over half of our people have gone through clinical rotations with us. So, uh, you know, we have a really, really robust internship program. We had 58 DPT student interns last year. Uh, they spend eight to 16 weeks with us. Um, and it allows them to try our environment before they say they want to work with us. And it allows us to potentially uh, put ourselves where we're making the same kind of call. You know, we want to put ourselves in a position where there's a mutual fit, um, where people come in. Uh, we're able to see how they how they operate, how they interact with people, how they interact with our team, how they interact with the front desk. Um, and you get to really, really see things on a lot less of a time intensive and, a, and an environment where I think we can probably all agree a lot of people have been coached on throughout the interview process. So you know, when you get to authentically see somebody work, you probably get a lot better idea of the, the who and the why uh, of it is of what they do. So, you know, between those, uh, you know, different different things there, you know, it's not just me. Uh, I say this all the time. I'm not the hiring person. Um, I might be a, a person that gets reached out to initially. But, you know, if you're at one of our locations, I need that team to give the green light. I, I'm not in a position where I'm saying, hey, you need to work with this person. I think they're great. I go to them and I say, hey, what did you think of your conversations with this person? Is this somebody you'd like to proceed with? Because at the end of the day, they're the per people that are going to rub elbows together. They're the people that are creating the kind of culture that we want at their respective locations. And if anything, it's up to me to make sure that everybody at that office has signed off on the next person that will be a member of that team. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's been harped on this podcast is that, you know, everyone when working in sports has like a baseline level of skills. And of course, those can always be improved upon. But really, the intangibles of being able to work with patients and front desk people and, you know, the people that clean the office, those are all the really important traits that 
are more important than if you can do a certain type of manipulation or how well you can diagnose certain injuries or anything like that. Yes. The soft skills. And if I yeah. dive in real quick there, man, you know what? I, I, I love having conversations with people. Uh, and this is probably gonna be a little bit outside of the box, but that have had experience as a server, as a bartender, uh, and, and have been in hospitality. I think we can all agree that the situational flexibility and the soft skills that you have to, uh, acquire, uh, to thrive in those particular environments are ones that can easily be applied to situations in which you're able to handle fluidity, different conversations, diversity of interactions, diversity of individuals uh, on a regular basis. So there are things that go far and above um, what somebody may have got through a con ed course or throughout any other educational environment. Right. I think I saw a tweet the other day that said, uh, Health or PT is more customer service than healthcare. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's sometimes where it, the the treatment might be the exact same, but the conversations you have with a person might be the part that's making the real difference in the patient care. One hundred percent. If you can have the smartest person in the world, but if the individual coming into the the, the you know the, your operation or your business doesn't enjoy that highly intelligent person, because there's not that ability to connect and align with that person, then no matter how intelligent you are, you're, you're, you're going to struggle to be effective. Where I would argue that the person um, that is able to connect with people probably has a little bit more wiggle room to kind of work into their skill set, so to speak. So the person that can uh, engage with someone, connect with them, make them feel heard, that is doing all of these things that we are hearing more and more with regards to patient-centered care, um, that you support that individual with skill development throughout your time with you. Uh, and I think you've got a home run. Right. Um, so I want to take this time to ask you a little bit more about the, you guys just recently started a residency program. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, kind of how that got started and a little bit more what it, what it entails? Yeah, I think a lot of it is probably early roots of the company. Um, so myself, Zach, uh, Jared Boyd was with us for a significant amount of time. Um, and then you add other pieces, you know, our early other three would have been Anthony, Caleb, Jamie. We always wanted to kind of change the expectations surrounding what clinical rotation should be. And uh, we take a tremendous amount of pride in what our students gain from their experience with us. Uh, and I'd be hard pressed to think that many of them would be in a different environment in which potentially was better than their clinical rotation with us. So for us, the, the residency is more of an extension of something that we've been working on for years, which is providing a pipeline to the profession from high school to college to DPT student. And now the residency is, is that next arm. At some point, we're going to dive into an orthopedic residency. We're also going to get into fellowship, but it's part of this kind of longer uh, pipeline in terms of us kind of involving ourselves in some of the more informal and in this situation, formal pathways to physical therapy. Right. And I also saw that you guys, um, I don't know if it's just for the residents or if it's an internships, but you guys built out some dorms or like living places for people to live. And I think that's a great idea because if you've ever been a PT student and you had all your away rotations, not at a place where you live or with your parents or any family members, it's a struggle. So I think that's a huge, um, you know, it's a huge deal. So kind of tell us a little bit more what inspired that. 
Yeah, the, the DPT intern house was a mix of uh, an idea and then to a certain extent kind of convenience. I think a lot of people are aware that the housing market was appealing, very, very appealing with interest rates at a certain time. Um, just through various community connections, I had somebody come to me and say, hey, I have this off-market home. This person needs to close relatively quickly. I promise you I can get it at X price. I promise you you're not going to overpay, so you're not going to have to come out of pocket. Um, we had had uh, you know, a, a situation where more and more interns were reaching out, and especially up at our Frederick office, where we have eight PTs there and soon to be probably 10 by the end of the year this year, where that opportunity presented itself. So the opportunity to get a townhouse where you could have four, at least four of your interns living, sharing space, put a huge whiteboard uh, in the middle of the kitchen, uh, have both professional focused and non-professional focused engagement and interaction with one another. I mean, the first interns that we had at the home were from, I think, what, Nebraska, uh, California, Boston, and I think Texas. So you had people from all over the country going through different things with regards to their professional development, sharing space, dare I say, and a little bit more of a reality TV type of, uh, of situation where I, I almost wish we would have had uh, our media team doing more. Uh, and we will have our media team doing more as we move forward with, with the house. But Overall, hopefully it's a cool opportunity for them to uh, have an experience uh, and connect with people outside of the clinic. Right. I think I think it's a great idea. One, you get to meet people from all over the country if you're living with them. But two, just the convenience of being able to know you have a place secured for an away rotation, especially if you're coming from California or Texas all the way to you know where you guys are located out in Maryland. Like I think that's a huge advantage and something that you know takes your weight off that you only have to focus on your clinical. You don't have to focus about where am I going to sleep for the next eight to 12 weeks? Yes. Not only that, but Hey, I get to share space with people that are literally going through the same exact thing as me. And hopefully there's lifelong friendships. Like you never know where some of these people are going to end up. I mean, Jace is going to end up, I know out in Colorado, he was one of the students that was one of the first people in the house. Mark is going to do something in the metaverse or crypto with PT, which <laughs> I know sounds like a foreign concept for a lot of people. But that's something that we've had more and more conversations uh, about. Uh, ben has a huge social media following, lifting with Ben on TikTok and Instagram. I think both platforms. He's got over 100K followers. So he's somebody I think that's going to do really, really big things in the, uh, in the online space. And then Alex uh, Hubblebank will end up in pro sports. So, I mean, you talk about four of your, of your interns that start off in the intern house and all of the different ways in which they're going to go make their impact uh, on the profession. It's just going to be pretty cool to see. And, and hopefully, you know, we provided a source of connectivity uh, and a place that, uh, you know, kind of aggregates, they, they kind of cascade as a result of the interactions uh, at that home. Right. Um, so you kind of wear a lot of different hats. Uh, you are a PT, your business owner, uh, you kind of run everything. So kind of walk us through what it is to be you, like a day in the life for, for you, whether it's, uh, you know, working in the clinic or kind of handling all the business side of stuff. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's so tough to say this, but my, my least effective times right now are when I'm back in patient care. And that's really hard for me to say, because that's obviously why I got into the profession. It's why I went to school. Um, but 
you know, you develop yourself, you develop your skill set, you realize where you need to be um, to to kind of continue to uh, have a certain trajectory to be able to make the same kind of impact to be able to serve your team. And, you know, my, my role is better off in a support function at this point. Uh, I am a big believer in servant leadership. So serving my people needs to be my main focus. And when I'm back in patient care, uh, I'm unable to be as effective as I need to be. I'm unable to be as in tune and available as I need to be. Um, so I'll just start off just by, by saying that. And then when I'm not in patient care, uh, I'm doing my best to stay ahead of trends. I'm doing my best to stay ahead of people's wishes uh, and wants when it comes to what they're looking for from a career, especially given that I'm a big believer that uh, people are free agents, much like the player-centric models of pro sports leagues. Um, people uh, in the workplace are, 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 are free agents. Um, and we're realizing that with the, the great resignation or what I think is kind of this great uh, great awakening or great awareness from a corporate standpoint where some of the very, very uh, traditional, maybe top-down ways of, of, of interacting with the people that are in your organization are ineffective. And hopefully having a shift away from a hierarchical uh, model of, of, of leadership to uh, a organizational chart that's a little bit more circular at times that allows various people to kind of steer the ship depending on the project or the initiative that's going on at a given time um, and to have people like myself functioning a lot more as a as a player's coach uh, and being somebody that's kind of in the trenches with my team a little bit more available always willing to have conversations having a great pulse on things uh, and overall functioning with a, an open door policy but for me to to be able to do all of those things and to provide uh, an environment in which people can see them blossoming uh, I need to be behind the scenes and in a support role um, and continue to reach out to people outside of the profession to ensure that we continue to innovate and, and, and stay in, in front of uh, what, what I would consider that we're doing, which is uh, uh, doing a great job of kind of redefining the healthcare experience. Right. Um, so since you've opened uh, Rehab Perform, you said, when did you guys like officially open your doors? December 2014, we opened in a, uh, a sublet space in between two indoor sports, uh, indoor turf fields at a place called Frederick Indoor Sports Center. So it's 1,200 square feet. It was myself and Zach Baker. He went to PT school with me. Um, and we had access outside of that facility to gym space that was there. So low overhead, uh, great place where you're already getting circulation and people interacting with the facility that were kind of in your uh, target demographic. Uh, and uh, yeah, just grateful to, that we had that opportunity because it really allowed us to, you know, not not spend a ton early on, make a ton of mistakes, learn. Uh, and it, it, it served as a great jump off point for us to have some future success. Gotcha. And so what has been your favorite part of opening your own business? Because uh, you said early on, you knew you wanted to kind of do your own thing. So what's been your favorite part of being like CEO of, of your own company? I think being able to push into curiosity. I think um, I'm just naturally a very curious person. I'm always tinkering with stuff. I'm always looking for different ways of approaching something or coming to a solution with something. Uh, and I think it's been awesome to uh, be able to just kind of see some of the things that we've been able to do, knowing that 
I didn't set out to open up seven offices. Like that was something that just kind of became a byproduct of how we did things on a regular basis. And it kind of reminds me of the quote that I heard the other day, like the, the person who just loves walking will go a whole lot further than the person that really is in love with a particular destination. And I've just never been somebody that's been too consumed with um, a, a particular goal. And I know people are big on five-year things and 10-year things, but I just try to stay present, stay focused on what's right in front of me, um, try to address things um, in a way in which I'm being as proactive as possible. That's one of our operating principles, being on offense at all times. Uh, and as long as I can continue to kind of think forward and continue to approach things with a, hey, what else can we potentially do here? Or how can we tinker this? Or, hey, I saw something here. How can we implement that uh, in w- what we have to do? It, 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 it's just a, a, a continual search for best practice. And I think that's just generally what curiosity is. And we're, we're not there yet, but we continue to get closer and closer and closer. And the byproduct is growth. And, and, the, and the growth necessary that people see isn't necessarily a target destination, but it just happens when you have people that I think that we've been able to attract that are uh, of, of a similar mindset as myself, where you know they, they generally want to find best and they want to find best practice and they want to put people in a position to be successful and they want people to feel fulfilled. They want them to be engaged with the environment that they're, they're, they're working in knowing that some of them have had some negative experiences or um, some situations in which they've been exposed to things where that it hasn't been that way. So uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I'm just honestly really uh, feel, feel really blessed to be at this point in my career where I'm making a lot less mistakes and um, <laughs> learning, uh, l- learning out of circumstance uh, a lot less and, and more learning on purpose. Right. Um, I think, you know, obviously hearing you talk about it, you can hear the passion, but also like just seeing before even talking to you here, person to person, seeing your, like seeing you on social media, I can definitely tell like how passionate you are about just learning. And it's never like, Oh, I need to get to this many followers or I need to open up a thousand more locations. It's you're always kind of striving for something that's just, and you're just enjoying the journey of getting better and better every single day. So I think that's something that's truly admirable. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully that uh, is something that, you know, resonates with you, resonates with others. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is, it's a never ending journey journey at, at some point in my life. I'm sure when I'm significantly older, you know, maybe you get to a point where that changes, but um, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm continually on a, on a search for, for new. It's not to say I'm not happy or, or satisfied at all with what I've done, but uh, I'm also somebody, you know, never, never get too high on yourself. Never get, never rest on your laurels. Like, um, at any moment in time, things could get significantly worse. I mean, uh, look what a lot of us had to deal with over the, the past two years. You know, if you got if you got too happy or content, um, maybe you uh, put yourself in a position where your business or yourself, you weren't as able to handle the, the stressor that was the pandemic from a business standpoint. And I feel, you know, su- super, super blessed. Once again, it's people and process that we were in a situation where we were able to handle that well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the same reason why, you know, what am I doing in June? I'll be going to Princeton University to immerse myself in a, a week-long experience with other, um, you know, higher level, uh, it, you know, executives to, to be at the best for my team. Like, there's no, there's no standing still. We just won an award yesterday, Innovator of the Year at WebPT Ascend, and I'm a big 24-hour rule person. If anything, that's more pressure for us to continue to come back 
and innovate more. Okay, great. You won this award, but then people are going to be looking at you and they're going to potentially be maybe following your tracks a little bit. So we have to continue to find a way to continue to be that light, to be that innovator. Okay, great. You were an innovator in 2022. How are you an innovator in 2023? So making sure that some of those destination moments don't become something that you uh, uh, attach yourself to and, and put you in a situation where your feet are stuck in the mud. Right. Um, so last question before we get you out of here, Josh, uh, do you have any advice for anybody that wants to be in sports PT, whether it's opening their own business, whether they want to be in like college or pro sports, uh, what advice would you give to these people? Reach out. I mean, the, the, I can't call it the brotherhood, right? But the, the, the connectivity, I think, uh, overall throughout the profession is, is tremendous. And I think the overall willingness of individuals throughout the sports world um, to, to connect you or whoever um, it, it is going to be there. And I think largely people put themselves in a position where the barrier is themselves because they're too afraid to shoot the DM shoot the email, go up to talk to somebody at a particular conference. But I can say we have two people that were on our team that are now with the Grizzlies and the Wizards. And I think it was a, a, a huge result of A, their development of self, but B, their willingness to put themselves out there to reach out to people to develop relationships where they were thought of when positions did open themselves up. But if they had kind of kept themselves uh, a little bit more behind the scenes or kept themselves in a position where people were not aware of them, I don't know that that opportunity would have presented themselves. I can think of somebody that you had on the, the uh, podcast recently that's been very, very open about her goals, dreams, and ambitions, uh, Azita. I mean, that's a perfect example of a path to follow for young people. Um, and I can think of uh, you know, at least very, very few people that I'm familiar with in my network that have done as good of a job as she has as being transparent, expressing intent and just hustling with the networking and relationship side of things. Right? I think opportunities are going to continue to present themselves because she has put herself out there. You know, big part of being known and having yourself be top of mind is just saying hi sometimes going up. And letting people know what it is that your your goals and dreams are for your career. And then when people start to, you know, interact and opportunities start to present themselves, hopefully you're one of the people that they think about. So um, for the people out there that even have an interest at all, reach out. Social media is a tremendous way. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation without social media, you know. So it's just amazing what opportunities um, that these platforms uh, can present you. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think that social networking has been like one of the best things that I've been able to do since graduating PT school. Forget whatever other courses or classes you can take. Just doing this podcast and being able to reach out to different people and just hear how they got to where they were or different things they do in their practice to help inform my own practice has been one of the most beneficial things I've done in my you know young career. Um, with that being said, Josh, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your experiences. Um, I know you are a huge advocate of rehab to perform. So do you want to plug anything like any social media where you can, where people can follow you? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, our company at rehab, the number two perform we're on TikTok now as well. In addition to Instagram, uh, we have our R2P Academy, which is a continuing education platform that is on Instagram. 
Uh, and then other than that, anybody who's looking to reach out, connect, has any questions, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter at Dr. Josh Funk, at Dr. Josh Funk. Okay, perfect. I will make sure I link all of that below. Um, but with that being said, this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Thanks to the founder and CEO of Rehab Perform, Josh Funk, for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what you heard or want to hear more from future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. Oh, <laughs>